Hello and welcome to the At Sea Level podcast brought to you by Intelligent Briefings, a Lynchpin Media brand. My name is Alex Presley and I'm the lead editor at Lynchpin Media, primarily covering cybersecurity, data centres and regional projects across Europe. And I'm Jess Phillips, Director of Strategic Content at Lynchpin Media. This is the podcast where we speak to technology chiefs about how they're making waves in the industry, chatting to them about their career journey so far, their management style, and how they're planning for what's yet to come. We hope it'll be insightful for aspiring CIOs, CISOs, CEOs, in fact, the entire C-suite. On today's podcast, we welcome Robin Smith of Aston Martin Lagonda. Robin is a CISO and expert policy analyst, focusing his work on the future of cybercrime. Robin has worked across UK law enforcement, nuclear industry and automotive, promoting lean cybersecurity as a strategy for corporate transformation. He is the author of four books and numerous articles on privacy management, cybernetics and future studies. His recent feature documentary, Machina, Building the Immortal Technologies, won the Gold Award at the New York Sound and Vision Film Festival 2020. So today on the podcast, we are welcoming Robin Smith, CISO, Aston Martin Lagonda. So Robin, thanks so much for joining us on At Sea Level. No, it's a pleasure. Thank you for the invite. Can you give us an overview of what your typical day looks like as CISO at the company? Yeah, so uh, every day is different, I would say. So and that's part of the appeal of the job. But really, as, as a CISO, uh, a head of cyber for Aston Martin, which is a luxury car manufacturer, you're really dealing with risk on a daily basis. You're dealing with what risk is presented from an ever-evolving landscape of cyber threats. You know, is the business email compromised? How Are there any insider threats? But you're also considering that positive risk taking. So what can we do today to better leverage our technology? How can we raise digital literacy? How can we really innovate and challenge ways of working? So so a typical day really is about what risk am I dealing with? What time is it? Have I eaten and and what, you know, what have we done by close of play? So it's a it's a fantastic job, but and no day really is the same. Can you tell us a little bit then about your career journey today and what drew you to information security and risk and what are some of the big moments that have led to where you are now yeah sure so so my wife would say I'm a natural born warrior so gravitating towards a role in risk is probably the best thing for me I have a slightly a slight kind of catastrophizing nature so you know working as a CISO that kind of serves you well and serves you badly I'll maybe come to that but I've been I've been really lucky in that uh, I sort of graduated in 97 and pursued uh, an interest in ideas. And that's always been the emblem of my career is being curious about how organisations work, what works, what doesn't work, and why do certain things succeed? So I've always been interested in information, that as a currency, and starting my working career in 2000 with the law enforcement in the UK. You know, law enforcement, for its many failures, deals with information and intelligence really well on that has driven uh, a real good uh, guide in life for my career, which is to be intelligence-led. So I've worked for five police forces and garnered lots of insight into what works with policing. And I'm also very aware of what doesn't work. And we live in those sort of times where that's under scrutiny. And whilst you don't forgive the failures of the police service, it did teach me an awful lot about being problem-orientated, being intelligence-led and being relentless. So those have been kind of emblematic across a career that spanned law enforcement, nuclear, wee bit in academia, which was, you know, a, a, a strange experience. And I've landed in automotive and you do find you do transpose your experiences from different sectors because whilst people pretend that 
public and private are different, government and regional are different. Actually, organizational cultures, the way that people work are similar everywhere. And you can kind of learn the lessons as you go for your career. So having arrived in, in cybersecurity by design, I should say, I did see it was a booming industry in the last decade. And having worked in information management and data privacy, it seemed to me that cybersecurity needed new voices. So whereas it was a technical discipline, you've got terrible arrivists like me bringing in kind of different perspectives from things like the softer, softer sciences and, and politics and economics. But I think that's really important because you need that heterogeneity of perspective. So my, my contribution as a CISO is hopefully to expand the industry by talking about risk in, in these terms, by being intelligence led and by challenging orthodoxies. Now, obviously, there's been a lot of chaos in the past couple of years, but if we could rewind the clock two years, how would the security industry have better prepared for the business implications of COVID-19? That's a really good question. Kind of, you know, the security industry is sort of obsessed with kind of being reflective uh, and obsessed with technology solutionism. So I think if we if we had the chance to go back 24 months, we would be working under a rubric that, you know, something's coming. We would be working under an attitude of we need to prepare for disaster and we would be kind of aligning our resources to allow for immediate expansion. Because I think when the COVID pandemic hit the UK, for example, I was working in central government and the organisation's risk appetite wasn't aligned to what if something bad happens, you know, being being simplistic. The organization's perspective wasn't, have we got additional capacity that can be brought out? And what was lacking in the cybersecurity industry two years ago was a clear-minded concept of cyber resiliency, being able to expand in the event of an incident, being able to move quickly to stand up new resources, to expand VPN resources, to get those devices out there. Now, I have to say, for the organizations I've worked with under the COVID conditions, and that's now that numbers two, they did really well. But that was a, a reflex rather than a planned response. And we were lucky. You know, I've, I keep saying, saying that the unsung hero of the pandemic is the cloud. Without that cloud infrastructure, I'm not sure where many organizations would be. So, so I think ultimately it's it's learning the lessons about having resiliency and services and being ready for anything that can hit an organization so we move now into the second section of our podcast which is called the chief and it's where we find out a little bit more about your management style so what would be your advice on the best approach for communicating your area of expertise with the wider C-suite? Of course, in your case, the security challenges. So how do you get buy-in from the board and secure budget for your projects? So I think you've got to speak the language of the business. And for Aston Martin, that's about the sale of vehicles, the protection of the brand and the, and the promotion of that, that pristine reputation that we've got. So arriving at Aston Martin this year, I've only been here four months at this point, thoroughly enjoying it. It's a fantastic organization and I've just walked past a DB11, man, that's, it's a work of art. So it's really nice to be contributing to such a, such a fantastic endeavor, but you have to speak the language of the business and you have to be able to articulate clearly what the impact of security is, both in positive and negative terms. And I'm really lucky. Not only am I fantastically verbose, I also come back come from a background of knowledge management where knowledge management is really about telling good stories. So when I have a chance to speak to the C-suite, I don't bore them with jargon about TLS uh, protocols. I don't go on about what a fantastic VPN volume of traffic we've got. They're not interested. What I talk to them about 
is illuminating incidents that, that really cast a clear light on why security matters. That might be the deployment of a technology that's really dealt with risk, or it might be a superb piece of intervention by one of my team that has really raised the digital literacy of the organization and dealt with a problem quickly and efficiently. So tell stories, be concise, and be prepared to answer questions because people are curious about cybersecurity, which is still somewhat abstract, but seems to kind of have a uh, a position on most front pages most days. So, so I think it's really important to tell good stories. How do you address the more stressful elements of your role? So how do you cope with these? We live in an age where stress is a bit underrated. You know, we can't just sip cocktails and be an elite CISO and hope that everything's going to go fun. You learn more from the problems and the issues that you experience than you do from the glory days. And, you know, you don't get too many glory days in this sort of role. So it, it, it's not that we shouldn't, be, it's not to be dismissive of the stressful days, but people might be surprised at how that builds their capability and how that builds their experience. But, you know, there's nothing like going for a walk in the evening. There's nothing like being obsessed with film like I am. So, you know, if I'm having a bad day, I can just cast my eye out for forthcoming releases and, all oh, right, okay, brilliant, the... Uh, the new Hugh Jackman films coming out or the new, you know, Elif Klimt films coming out. So so I think you always got to be aware that the good days and the bad days both pass away. And your experience in your career is to manage both in equanimitable terms. So so I think for me it's having a broad perspective on issues and a clear sight on, you know, successes. You've got to treat both as the same. You've got to in enjoy the experience and you've you've got to be able to take a total view of your career by day by month by year so the next section of our podcast is called getting down to business and it's where we find out about how you're planning your future strategy so what are some of the key goals for you in your role over the next 12 months Yes, it's a great question because we are moving into a more collaborative uh, position at Aston Martin with regard to security, where previously we've had security sort of stowed away. But I really want to be a collaborative CISO and I want to use positive intelligence to really promote why vigilance and security should be a value for the organisation. And that's based upon three things. It's based upon having better orchestrated technology. We have fantastic tools uh, I'm not so sure we orchestrate that tool into the highest possible value. So we want to make sure that we have integrated technologies that deliver the highest possible protections. The second position is to make sure that we uh, quantify our journey. I come from a background as a researcher, so it's really important we don't just have rhetoric about improvement, that we actually use standards and controls. Set a baseline at August 21 to know that, okay, we were you know 60% compliance. So I can say to my team, look, over the next 12 months, we have to deliver improvement and we have to measure improvement. And we can then track what works and what doesn't work. We can then track those experiences that were instructive and illuminating. And we can then learn lessons from the failures. And the final bit for me, is about uh, raising digital literacy and it's a passion I've got which is you know if the if the user is being blamed for 90 percent of the failures and I've seen some terrible statistics blaming users for everything under the sun uh, I really want to impose a really well-developed digital literacy strategy to make sure that all staff are vigilant you know I worked in the nuclear sector and nuclear staff were extremely vigilant, so much so that I got chastised terribly when I let someone tailgate me through an, an entrance. So I shouldn't have done it, obviously, but I didn't, you know, the 10 minute kind of a lecture I got on the back of that was fairly instructive. But, you know, 
making sure that the human firewall is as robust as protected as possible and making sure that people in the workplace aren't receiving skills by osmosis you know there's a natural attitude that people just pick up you know digital literacy skills like how to use their devices how to secure their devices I can tell you it doesn't happen actually what happens is people kind of mix and match their skills and actually organizations should be investing in the human firewall so it's a big part of our work raising those technical skills to make sure that it isn't just IT that is defending the organization. Okay so that brings us to the final section of the podcast where we hand over to you and you'll have roughly two minutes in our section against the clock where you can speak uninterrupted on your area of cybersecurity that you're passionate about. The main thing to bear in mind here is what one piece of advice is that you'd like to share with other C-level executives or a lesson that you'd like to pass on. So whenever you're ready. I think it's essential that CISOs start to address Yes, There are evolving threats, there are evolving problems and there are there's an eternal problem at the heart of this, which is there is criminality. I don't think you, even the best seasons in the world can't resolve all the criminal activities take place, which is highly lucrative. So what do we do if we're facing that eternal problem? Do we kind of throw our hands up? Do we get stressed? Do we kind of decry how unfair life is? Well, uh, it, it, you know, cybercrime just is. So our jobs as CISO are, are, are to really promote better standards and ways of working. The key thing for me, really, is being future orientated. You know, the current problem profile we face is well understood, it's well researched, and we get very good threat intelligence uh, through to enable us to respond to issues. Now, it doesn't mean that we are without fault and won't have failures. But as I said previously, you learn a lot from your failures. You learn a lot from incidents that make you a better CISO. Building on that, we also want progressive CISOs that can look at the industry and challenge orthodoxies, can challenge ways of working, and actually look at the near horizon whereby we have opportunities to develop the industry, to change the way we use tools to improve organizational life. So for me, CISOs must be future orientated, they must be progressive, and they must be good collaborators. You know, we don't have all the answers, although sometimes we act like that. What we need is, you know, CISOs to be collaborators and forward thinking to make sure they can change the face of the industry in the face of some pretty decent and pretty aggressive innovation by cyber criminality. That eternal problem isn't going away, but the way in which we deal with that problem can change and should change. Brilliant. Thank you so much for your insights. It's been great to have you on the podcast. I just have one more question, if that's okay, which is, are there any films in the pipeline that you're particularly excited about? That's a really good question, which is, I've, I've just come back from uh, Hugh Jackman's film Reminiscence, which was dreadful. Oh, and, no. you know, it's almost like they're trying to kill the cinema chain. So is there a film I'm looking out for? Um I'm morbidly curious about what a 78-year-old Harrison Ford is going to do as Indiana Jones because I'm 45 and I can barely move. So <laughs> I'm going to be curious to see how agile Mr. Ford is at 78 with Indiana Jones 5. So that's, that's maybe not looking forward to after the fourth one. But yeah, we, we shall see. I, I like all films. I will watch blockbusters. I will watch indie. Uh, I'm making my own uh, film at the moment. So uh, maybe that could be publicised. You can see it on machineoffilms.com uh, if I can get that advert in there. But I will watch everything under the sun. Although I did draw a line at Jungle Cruise. You've got to have some standards. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. And hopefully the ones that are on the horizon will, will be enjoyable or interesting, if nothing else. <laughs> 
Thank you. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so I will much. will do. Thank you so much. That's been brilliant. Thank you. That does sadly bring us to the end of this edition of At Sea Level. To our guest, Robin Smith, CISO at Aston Martin Lagonda, thank you for joining us today. And to our listeners, thanks for tuning in and we look forward to chatting to you again very soon.